From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 320 for the week of July 24th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disney Night team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jill Malato-Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, I take a look at the Camelot Inn and Mary Jill reviews the new Disney California story guided tour at California Adventure. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Diz Sports Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello everyone. Hello. Hey, hello. hey there, hi there, ho there. How was everyone's week? Good. Good. Busy. Very nice. I'm Fun. packing. I'm I'm playing with my magic band right now. So, ah, lucky yeah. you. <laughs> what color is it? Green, lime green. That same color as mine. Yep. Aww. Careful not to stand too close together. <coughs> yeah, we. Dis green. Yep, dis green. Yep. Oh, hey, guess what I got in the mail the other day? Um, there's no telling. I actually had the official bumper sticker done of our Disney side. Oh, well, right, right. Yeah, drawing. we got those too. That so is so I'm cool. Have to figure yeah, out what to do with that. With it. Yeah. Are they still doing and that or did they finish up... that? Hmm? Are they still doing that or did they finish that? I think they're still doing that. I would check. That was cool. Because it's certainly really cute. I'm going to have to log figures. in under my husband's name because it's only one bumper sticker per person yeah. or per login. So I'm going to have to log in under him just to get one of our family done. <laughs> For your own family. <laughs> so so speaking of traveling, um, I am traveling for the next, oh, what's today? Thursday? Yes. For the next <laughs> 14 days. So we will be, well, we will still have shows going up. Um, our, we'll still have our two segments every week. But for the next couple weeks, our new shows will be a little truncated, a little, a little shorter than normal. Um, not your normal news shows, but like I said, we will still have three shows up a week. And come August 14th, we'll be back to normal. So we'll have a few vacation shows in there, but we won't, we won't let you down and we'll still have stuff going up. What uh, if there's some crazy breaking news story? Um, like crazy, like Space Now, Space Mountain and <laughs> Space Mountain, Space Mountain has changed the term to Space Mountain. They, wow. they, that, are they, are they, no. are they defrost Walt? Oh, yeah, what ooh, if something that crazy, and is, and he goes into interventions, like, what if that happens? Yeah, with, um, <laughs> I'm not sure. If then we're going to record without you. <laughs> okay, that's saying. fine. <laughs> no, you know, the news, we wait, you, the aren't you going to be traveling too, Tony? <laughs> Yeah, but I'll find a way. Oh, okay, you'll find a way. Nice. I'm not you're, just going to have You're that money. dedicated. I'm that dedicated. <laughs> well, if something... I mean, if they change the name of Space Mountain to Space Mountain, that's a pretty yeah, good I, deal. And then if I Walt, think that I think that probably could wait until the 14th, but yeah. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of non-announcements, <laughs> I was at the parks last week for the 59th anniversary moment. Um... Not much there. It was, oh, maybe 20 minutes of, of, they didn't even have, um, the president or vice president or anybody spoke, speak. It was just the mayor of, of Main Street. Is that what he's mayor of? Uh, mayor of Main Street speak and the Depper Dance performed and then some characters came out, confetti, streamers. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, you know, song and dance, and that was about it. Uh, they revealed the interesting logo for the Diamond Celebration, the 60th Diamond Celebration, and announced a new contest for folks that want to send in pictures. I think it's via Instagram or Twitter. You can hashtag uh, Disneyland 60 contest and you can win. Um, I, I don't even remember what the prizes are. I'm sure they're vacations or something like that. Uh, check it out on the Disneyland website. I'll, I'll make sure we put notes, uh, put links in the show notes for that. So are you uh, guys going to be putting in, submitting pictures from different decades? I doubt it. I think I I'm, might. I I'm, I'm probably you. ineligible. I have I have one from the '60s. My brother and I are three and four years old, and we're sitting on the curb at Main Street nice. with cigarettes in our mouths that my dad had put. <laughs> so I don't know if Disneyland would ever publish anything like that, but it was it was something from the '60s. Oh my god! And well, they yeah, did have that last contemporary, contemporary of the '60s. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tom, you forgot the yeah. biggest thing that they announced for the 59th. Okay, what did they announce? The new collectible tiki bowls at the yeah, Dole Whip. They didn't, they didn't announce that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but apparently that's like their new 59th yeah. anniversary thing. Yeah, I, I, I got a cookie, tiki bowls. but that was about it. Yeah. And it was weird because everything, you know, they had, they had uh, a, they had, um, uh, Disney Parks blog event where people could come and, and media could come and we, you know, they had refreshments inside the opera house, but everything was 60th themed, which was really weird because it's celebrating the 59th. So right. yeah, it was, that'd be a little disconcerting. I think it's kind of confusing. Yeah. But anyway, so no big announcement. Um, I, I think we still expect a new fireworks show. And of course the parade that we've already talked about, but, I expect them to tear down interventions and mm-hmm. and and knock over the, a actually <laughs> actually they did a, they did say that the celebration would start quote unquote spring 2015 so that that's new information. Well the 50th started on May 5th cuz 55 so mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to do the same thing on 55 right 1955 mm-hmm. if that's going to be the uh, spring. Okay. Yeah maybe we shall see. Who knows? All right. So what else is in housekeeping? Mary Jo, you went and visited with Dave Evanzino, right? I did. I went and saw there's a community theaters having is uh, showing Tarzan at a local the high school. Orange, Orange County, the musical theater of Orange County. At a local high school in Placentia. It's mm-hmm. actually Yorba Linda. But it's pretty close to Disneyland. It didn't take us long to get there at all. Fantastic. I was blown away by the production. It's only going to be showing through July 27th. So this weekend is this it. This weekend. I highly, highly recommend to get tickets. It's only $25. Ke- July 22nd? July 27th. Oh, 27th. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say. So um, Kelly and I were sitting there, and the f- the first act, just the way that very well done, uh, my understanding is that they have some of the performers are actually newsies at California Adventure, and there's nice. a de- definite Disney tie-in with the... Um, the production of the show. David did all of the set designs and he's also Jane Porter's father in the show. And I was telling Michael earlier that I was surprised how big a part he had in there. He's got a really good singing voice. And so he's in the second act, of course, because the first act is all about how Tarzan's uh, relationship with his ape family is and everything. But the costumes 
at first I thought they were kind of different, but I really liked how they did them because all of the the apes in the in the show, there's a lot of dancing and there's acrobats in there and they're singing. So they were they their costumes let left them free to do all of this um, activity on the stage. And like I said earlier, the quality of the entertainment was fantastic. And I had to I leant over to Kelly and I told her I said I didn't realize how well I like community theater. It was just so fantastically done. So um, we did talk to Dave at after the show, and he was everybody was smiles. Everybody loved the show. So I please, um, if you've got some time and you're local in the area, go see it. It's um, Tars in the Musical, and it's at the MTOC, I believe, dot com to get the tickets. But we'll have right. link in our show notes so that you can yeah. go see it. Yeah. And just for full disclosure, this is not an official review because Mary Jo was a guest of Dave Avanzino for the yeah. for the show. So, yeah, oh. thank you, Dave. I loved it. I, but f- totally worth it. <laughs> Any other housekeeping? Oh, I did. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nancy. Okay, sorry. Um, anyway, um, just wanted to say that you know we talked about in Michael's segment last week the. Um, you know, in case you haven't seen anything at all about the opening day at Disneyland, um, the televised version, there are still copies. It's a really hard to find Disneyland Treasures DVD, and it's an edited version. It doesn't have all the, the great stuff, but you can get them for as cheap as like 30 bucks on Amazon to as much as 70 bucks for an unopened set. So just something if you've never ever seen it and you're curious, to, um, you know, some of the coverage that Michael had been talking about in his segment, we should make a recommendation to at least borrow, beg, or watch somebody's copy. I think that's pretty cool because, I, you know, a lot of us are trying to get, um, have small collections, and this would be a really nice addition to it. Yeah. It's the um, Disneyland Treasures, Disneyland 1954. I think is the name of it, but it's in the silver. It's in a silver box. Very cool. Thank you, Nancy. Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, just to let people know that Fenton's Creamery, which is a favorite haunt of Pixar animators in Emeryville, and it's depicted in the closing scene of the Pixar film Up, is celebrating its 120th anniversary. Wow! So go out and have. Some ice. Well, actually, they were um, giving out Sundays and ice cream today at their Vacaville location. Have you so, ever eaten yeah, there, Michael? Ice cream day. I have. I've eaten in both locations. That's so cool. Yeah. And yeah, good ice cream. Very good ice cream. And then I just wanted to mention I was at the Walt Disney Family Museum this Saturday past, and I met one of your Disney divas, Mary Jo. Um, Tina came up and her husband and introduced themselves. Tina and Marty. And yeah, Good friends. yeah, and they talked about, yeah, and they talked about how much they enjoy the show and and like <laughs> listening to us. And um, they're going on the royal, um, you know, the Diz Royal Caribbean Alaska cruise. So um, anyway, so they're they're going to be there next month for um, the special presentation next month too. But anyway, they were very very nice. Yeah, Tina's good. Awesome. Good good person. Yeah. And so is yeah, Marty. And I gave her a I've met both of them. I gave them. I gave them buttons because they said that um, I was lacking. They didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, they had Disney Diva, but so. that's right because we had them for our for our Diva mm-hmm. meet. For the Diva meet, yeah. 
Since Michael mentioned it, I want to remind people about the Royal Caribbean Alaska Cruise with Diz and with the Diz and Dreams Unlimited Travel. That's June twelfth of twenty fifteen. Also, Podcast Cruise five point That is November thirtieth of twenty fourteen. All those details are in our show notes, or you can email Tracy Heinrichs T R A C E Y H at Dreams Unlimited Travel. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. You want anything links to anything we talk about? That is at disunplugged.com. Uh, I've got to remind you everybody about our Arizona meet coming up October 24th through the 26th of 2014. Love to see a lot of folks and, there. and yes, and I've started mapping out the <laughs> Waffle House. I'm serious. I'm I, not joking. I if, believe if I did it. post on Twitter an article about Culver's. I did. And the history of why Culver's is big in Wisconsin and what Butterburger means. Oh, that's and all cool. Stuff. So, yeah. So I, I'm like, see, we, I posted it, but you know, <laughs> nobody follows me. That and a bunch of smart board questions because I'm having smart board issues. So you have to meet the Ed Tech Tony and the Diz Tony is all one Twitter account. But anyways, yes, I've started mapping it out. There's not, it's nothing's that far away. So it's going to be done somehow. All Very of my cool. food. <laughs> Any other housekeeping? I have a couple. Sorry, really quick though. Um, we had talked on one of our rapid fires about the Legends of Frontierland. It seems to be a pretty good success. It's spreading out in Frontierland. I've been reading on the boards how much fun people are having. My friends have been there and they've really enjoyed it. And it looks like it's going to be expanding to other parts of Frontierland. So they're going to be building on this activity. And even the cast members, they're excited because they don't know what's coming down the pike, but they know something's going to come up. So try, um, you might want to get involved and check it out. And it'll, my rapid fire today uh, will have something that's kind of related. Another one is the Diz updates. If you don't receive the Diz updates in your daily emails, I would recommend subscribing to them because... Tom really, for the Disneyland portion, he keeps the Diz pretty um, well up to date. And we get that information in our Diz update so you don't have to be searching for it. And my last one is a shout out to Darren Thompson from Birmingham, UK. He sent us a lovely email talking about a fantastic experience they had at the Disneyland Resort. Thank you, Darren, for sharing that with us. Um, it just made me feel really good. And it was, they were part of the... Um, um, year of a million year dreams. of a million dreams, and they were or they were two and a half years of five million dreams, or what was it? Yeah, well, and they were <laughs> lucky to get um, their yes. gift twice, which made it. So I'm really happy for them. So thank you for sharing your awesome, awesome story with us. Awesome, thank you, Mary Jo. Any other housekeeping? Oh, good. Okay, over to Tony with the news. <laughs> Disney denies its policies violate the Americans with Disabilities Act. Of course they do. Disney is... Okay. And that's the news. <laughs> <laughs> Disney is calling for the dismissal of a federal lawsuit brought by families of autistic children who are challenging its theme park's policies. In April, undisclosed families sued Walt Disney Parks and Resorts saying the theme park's practices... Practices violate the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA, because they fail to adequately accommodate visitors with autism. Disney submitted its response last week, whenever that week was or is, depending on when you listen to it, at some point in the past, to the U.S. District Court, lawsu to the US District Court lawsuit denying virtually all the allegations. 
Disney's, I'm having a hard time. Disney parks have an unwavering commitment to providing an inclusive and accessible environment for all our guests. We fully comply with all ADA requirements. I believe that the legal claims are without merit, said... My good friend Susie Brown. Yes. The lawsuit stems from a policy which was changed October 9th to handle the way that disabled visitors can obtain shorter line passages. Passes. I'm a teacher. Passages. Sorry. Um, reading. Anyways. Um... Of course, Michael seems to have no problem with that. He knows how to be a much more professional <laughs> podcaster than myself. The lawsuit seeks an undisclosed amount of money and a reversal of the latest policy. Previously, visitors could get guest assistant cards that allowed them widespread access to front-of-the-line rides. Front-of-the-line. Front-of-ride lines. Because the cards were widely abused, Disney said it changed its practice, replacing them with a disability access service, or DAS, system that allows visitors to obtain one pass at a time for assigned times to board rides. The policy can be used in conjunction with the regular FastPass system, which is available for all visitors to get front-of-line passes on certain attractions. So a family with a DAS card could get two sets of front-of-the-line boarding passes at once. Disney specifically denies that the DAS system is in any way deficient in providing the level of accommodation required by law, says Disney's court document. The lawsuit claims that some visitors with autism are unable to wait without having meltdowns. Disney, that's an interesting term. I'm not sure if that's the in the official documentation, meltdowns. But Disney officials said they would assist guests if the rules didn't work for them, but the plaintiffs claim Disney failed to offer adequate solutions. Andy Dogali, the fam- family's lawyer, said he ex- had expected Disney's denial of the allegations. I haven't been drinking. I apologize for my inappropriate, my, my poor reading. Um, see, I'm not spinning in a chair or spinning in a circle or anything. I don't have any question about our ability to prove that these people's rights under ADA were violated, Degali said. Nothing leads me to think twice about that. At least some of the allegations occurred at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, which includes Disneyland and Disney California Adventure, the plaintiffs say. Degali said he expects the case to go to trial next year. So... Anyone? No one's going to touch it with a 10-foot pole? <laughs> yeah. Choosing yeah, my, word, choosing my words carefully, yeah. Okay. And our next story. That's like the first story we've ever had with lack of comment. Uh, okay. I can tell my Susie Brown story. <laughs> well, you could, but don't we have a bunch of episodes to record? Yes, with, I'm sorry. Go like, ahead. no news, so you can use that for those. We can share it. <laughs> Listen to later episodes where... Tom tells a Susie Brown story. It's like, never mind, it's a Seinfeld reference I was going to say. Never mind. Okay. Angel Stadium, we've been talking about, we've talked slow. It's it's the story that's there, but nobody was really paying attention to, but it's kind of a big deal about the idea of the angels moving or them in Anaheim going back and forth about things. And there's another report. Angel Stadium demolition study will not be released. A report estimating how much it would cost to demolish Angel Stadium and build a brand new ballpark will be kept secret during the team's stadium lease negotiations with Anaheim. Mayor Tom Tate had wanted the city commissioned analysis to be made public Tuesday, but could not muster any support from his four city council colleagues. Public records laws allow government agencies, like the city of Anaheim, to opt to keep property appraisals under wraps until a deal is completed. If you own a unique house on a unique piece of property... One of the ways to appraise it is to determine how much it would cost to replace it, Tate said. It lets the public know how much that asset is worth. 
Warren's off associates was paid $37,380 to complete the study, which also evaluates how other Major League Baseball teams have fared by using public dollars for stadium construction. An Angel spokeswoman declined to comment because the team has not yet reviewed the report. The Angels in the city have a stadium grounds lease that runs until 2029, but the baseball team can opt out from 2016 to 2019. Both parties have spent the past 10 months working toward a new lease based on a series of bargaining points, including one that would allow team owner Artie Moreno's development firm, Pacific Coast Investors, to lease the parking lots for $1 annually over 66 years. Councilwoman Gail Eastman and Lucille Kring said they believe that publicizing the report could potentially harm the city's bargaining position with the Angels. If we have something the city that we're not have sh- a bargaining position, what are they going to do? Let them let them go? They could. That would so be bad for the city, kind of though. But yeah, exactly. Well, you know, well, it happened in San Francisco. Look at where the 49ers are playing. Yep. Where they they're not playing Levi's Stadium down in Santa Clara. St. Louis, they ripped up two stadiums. I'm just saying. That's why, I mean, I think they do need some kind of nego- I mean, cause I mean, there's, there's, they could move to Irvine with me. I mean, that's, there, there, there's all these other places that would take them. So, um, but I think, I, I agree with you that they don't really have negotiating power cause it's kind of part of their whole, yeah. um, platinum triangle thing. And then, the with the, uh, transit being mm-hmm. built, like really they don't, but let's yeah. continue. Okay. Sorry. We're not done yet. Okay. That's okay. Um, almost though. Tate called for the report shortly after city officials in May publicized an appraisal that determined the property surrounding Angel Stadium to be worth $225 million to $325 million. The land around the ballpark is valued at $225 million if Artie Moreno's team stays in town, and the land is leased long-term to a developer for housing and offices, according to the earlier appraisal. That value jumps to $325 million if the Angels leave Anaheim. The stadium is torn down, and the entire city-owned 154.6 acre property is sold to a developer, a scenario that city leaders have said they want to avoid. We released the appraisal even though there was some argument that would weaken our negotiation point, Councilwoman Chris Murray said. It's unfortunate that we're even looking at what it would mean to demolish our stadium. We need a deal. So, what's funny is the idea that the development is worth so much money. Right. Okay, that thing has been sitting there for like now almost 10 years. I looked at condos there. I looked at renting there. Half of the condos are now for rent. There's still no construct. Like, so I can't imagine all of a sudden, okay, I'm, we're going to develop even more where it is. Like, like, okay, now we're going to develop the parking lot. Now, it, it, look, only it, so is, much. Is there empty land around that's undeveloped? Oh yeah. Okay. So if, if you look at the, if you look at the, when I was considering purchasing down there and that was four years, say three years ago. Um, I looked into the city's, you know, d- agreement and when all these things were supposed to be done, these things were, the whole thing should have been done by now. Right. But of course the economy and all that, there's about two or three, um, there's, I think two condo, um, kind of high rises, you know, four or five stories that are just renting now. I know that, um, if you look at the shop fronts that are down there, a lot of them aren't open. There's a big like grocery store size shop front that's not used, and so so it's potentially more, more money, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so if they were going to add that too, that's even more, like I know the idea is that it's going to be this great urban whatever. But if you look at, 
Um, you look at Garden Walk, that hasn't really done anything. Do you, and they've got the tourists. So do you think that they're just overbuilding in general over there? Do you think they're in danger of collapsing no. with everything they're doing over there? Well, they, they've stopped. No, they're not doing anything anymore. That's why the idea that they're going to do more surprises me. Like, I think that's a lot of bogus stuff. Because they haven't finished what they were supposed to do anyways. There's supposed to be housing, a school, a bunch of stuff all there. You know, the whole new urban redevelopment. And mm-hmm. it never... Because the economy, it's not, that was back when you know. Condos so, were so for the so for like, them to tear down the stadium and make more retail or housing is is I sub- would shock me because yeah. there's still shops there that aren't open. Yeah. Not to mention, if I go even a little further, if you go to where the pond is, so you know down you know what half a mile, and then you go a little bit further east, yes. Now that's there's a center there that's pretty hop and it's in, considered the city of Orange, so I just can't imagine them. Building more. I mean, at some point, right? But also, there you're not get. You don't have a. Um, that's a price that that that's that ends up being a pricey neighborhood. Yeah, and it's not like it's downtown. When, when all of you seen all these ballparks with the redevelopment, it's in a downtown. So there's other stuff here. It's just a ballpark. They're kind of trying to create a whole area around which they already have. I don't know why they would put more. That's why I think you're you're kind of right that there is no negotiating. Like they can't let them leave, right? Because as much as the land is theoretically worth it, it would just be born. Anaheim can't yeah. support. Yeah. yeah, and Anaheim can't support. There's a report out. Wow, I'm sounding all newsy. Um, <laughs> there was a report out about how like um how um one of the the lo- the most unemployment in Orange County is in Anaheim. So it's not like if you put it with all these high-end places when there's not an Angels game that they're going to be used. Because there's nobody, there's not enough people there. Yeah. Anyways, that's my own. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the news. That's the news. Sorry. Thank you, Tony. Time for <laughs> that's the news. <laughs> time for rapid fires. Let's start with Michael. Okay, well, I have a, a couple of items. One is a very beautiful, colorful billboard from the 1937 release of the classic animated film Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was sold at auction this past week for, get this, save everything that's in your attic, gang, $10,755 to an unidentified buyer. This 20-foot by 9-foot billboard was printed in England to promote the Disney film there, and it features three scenes, the main one showing a rosy-cheeked Snow White in front of a castle in her classic outfit with bright yellow skirt, surrounded by the dwarfs and other characters from the film. However, these are not scenes from the film. What Disney um, commonly did in other countries, they hired artists to draw... um, the movie posters and things. So it's in the style of those artists rather than um, in the style of the film. So um, the the billboard has been in a private collection for more than a decade. Um, Once Carol and I were chatting with um, Diane Disney Miller, and one of the things that they used to have in the theater lobby before it was converted to a gallery was um, they had these large movie posters from around the world of Disney films. And the one thing she that that blew her mind was how expensive they were 
in, in order to collect them because, um, you know, she purchased them for the museum. But when they learned her name, how much more in price they went up. Wow. <laughs> of course. So, so she had to purchase them, you know, under a pseudonym or, or through someone else. So, um, anyway, so you never know when that little thing that you have, you know, sitting in your closet or something might be worth something. Oh, you mean like this, this light that was from the, from the major electrical <laughs> parade that could be oh, worth yeah. something someday? That someday, someday West will, will take that to Sotheby's and he will, you know, he will be able to buy a mansion <laughs> with it. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Speaking of the Walt Disney Family Museum, the August calendar is out, and there are some exciting things going on. The film of the month is close to my heart. Mickey Mouse Club the early episodes oh. will be showing on weekends. I wish they would they show that will. on TV again. I know, but I'm sure that, like, for instance, when Nancy brought up the the Disney Treasure series on the historic broadcast, <laughs> one of the thing the, the things that's edited out of the the opening day broadcast are the Mouseketeers, all of there. Yeah. You would never know they were there, um, and I'm sure a lot of that is because they would have to pay for royalties. Oh, we, if they showed it on, you television. know, there is a Mickey Mouse Club Treasures DVD. Which I'm sure can be there available is. on Amazon for quite a price. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're available now, now, at the Walt Disney Family Museum. There's a couple different ones. Now, wouldn't there. the more that these are shown, a few extra box, a few extra bucks be thrown your way? I was not in the original club, so no. <laughs> so you don't get any. You don't get any funds. If no, anything, no. you know it's funny. For every once in a while. I, I used to get a mysterious check in the mail from Disney. I had absolutely no idea what it was for, and it would just be for a few bucks. And so I figured something I did paid off. I had no idea what it was for. Maybe they aired it. There or was something no letter. Like there was no explanation. Pardon me? Maybe it was some, was some, one of the shows you were in aired or something, and so they had to. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I did a few other things for them oh. that I, I don't know if it ever, what they ever did with it. And so I have no idea. It just, it, it was just always funny. So I was going for the whole, you know, we have to disclose that we have a financial oh. relationship. <laughs> no, uh, you know, but, I'm thinking maybe you no. had a little extra bucks going your way. And when yeah. I say a little extra bucks, I mean literally a little extra yes, bucks. Yes, it is very little. But anyway, they, they're continuing their spotlight talks in the gallery on Mary Blair Imagineer. Uh, they also are continuing their little open studios. I watched one this Saturday past, and it was cute. All the little ones were there. Um, I have absolutely no idea what they were making, but they were they were very intent on whatever it is they were putting together there. <laughs> um, they do have um, an open studio for the older folk going on throughout the month. It's called Create a Small, Small Figure. Um, again, it's in conjunction with the Mary Blair exhibit. The figures created in a Disneyland attraction, It's a Small World, showcase traditions and customs of different cultures from all around the world. What aspects of your cultural background would you use to make your own unique figure? Create a small figure to showcase the heritage and traditions from your own past and present that help define you. So that's very cool. And, you know, the Spotlight Talks are all free with admission, which is very neat. There, the, the special, um, screening for the month is, um, something I'm really looking forward to. And that is, 
Um, Marceline, a tribute to the town that loved Walt. It's the screening of a documentary about oh, the wow. small town in Missouri that had a lasting impact on Walt's life. Here mm-hmm. from filmmakers Andy and Sarah, oh, I know I'm not going to say their name right, Neitzert, who traveled there to trace the story of Walt's early years and discover the ways in which the town has remained true to the values he so admired. Special guest Kay Johnson Mallins, Marceline historian and director of the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, and Scott Zone, film conservator for the Walt Disney Family Foundation. So this is Saturday, August 23rd. And then if you're a museum member, actually the night before, they're having a special members only screening of this with some added, um, some added information, added talks, a, a little extra content. So for more information on what's going on at the museum in August, we will have a link to their calendar in our show notes. Very cool. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Mary Jo. Beginning August 1st, Disneyland guests will be given the opportunity to collect juju in in Adventureland. Juju are Adventureland relics that reflect the ancient traditions and importance of storytelling in Adventureland. You can collect juju by participating with the Adventure Trading Company, a company that sells provisions and publications in Adventureland. They will send participating guests on wild adventures, and at the end of these adventures, you can collect your juju. So it looks like Yes, we'll be paying for this particular interactive. Um, this is what we saw at D23. Exactly. So what did you guys see? Yeah, totally the- what we saw at D23. It's a new game. Right. Do, do you have any details on it? Oh, you want to go, Michael? You go. Well, they, they had a couple different versions of it. There was one where you worked with a cast member and, you, and he drew you out to tell a story to the audience and you got a juju for that and it was either a personal experience story or you told a creative story or something like that and the juju you got for that i believe was free and and so it was a smaller item then it was what nancy's talking about it was almost like it was a treasure hunt if i remember correctly nancy yeah they there was um there was somebody upstairs you had to go to different places around the um audit around the convention and i remember there being a guy up at the top of the escalator Uh who had something in a box right and and no go ahead ahead. no you go ahead well i i don't want to give too much yeah exactly but because I, I assume it's going to be similar. And then what you had to do was then go back with sort of your findings. And then you got the juju. But that was the one you paid for. Wasn't it like $5 or something? I think you paid. And they had like three different ones. This So people were repeating it. So this yeah. looks like it's a, a combination of the Legends and Frontierland that's going on right now and the Easter egg hunt where... Yeah, because, you know, there's not enough going on in Adventureland. <laughs> you know, that's just such an empty place. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> there's tons of space. And- tons of yes. space. No, that's one so of the concerns think, that so- people are bringing up is, you know, being that it is a bottleneck type of land. Um, they must be doing this in Aladdin's Oasis. I can't think of any place think. else. Yeah. And maybe they're going to draw people to go up into Tarzan's treehouse, maybe. Um You know, it's hard to say. Everything, there was enough variety in the actions. And I talked to one of the cast members um, at the booth um, inside the Imagineering um, exhibit at the convention. And 
she was saying that this was definitely a test, um, that they were definitely running a test for this, so... It does shows you how long the development is, but it was some really, really cool stuff that was involved in, in going back and forth and collecting the juju and and all that. So it's, I think, going to be a little more, um, quote-unquote, collectible than just the Frontierland experience. So this will be something more like, say... It, it reminds me of Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom over in Walt Disney World. Yeah, and the juju was, I know the ones that I saw, they were like little, it looks like little tiki's that you hung around your neck. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So it's portable. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, of course they're portable, but I mean, something you could just, you it, don't have to carry it with you, you wear it. I, yeah, I like right. it, definitely little collectible things as opposed to just an experience. I hope people actually, I know that people will actually participate. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it's, how much people are going to participate and like the Easter egg hunt. I saw different Some people went all out hunting for the eggs and some people were just like, I paid my money. Now let me pick an egg type type thing. Cause <laughs> well, they the wanted to, yeah, they, they wanted to collect. They just wanted to free yeah. Gift. They just wanted to collect the eggs. Well, it's not free cause it was five bucks no, yeah, yeah. for that. But, but the, what I was kind of chuckling at is that they still couldn't pick the egg. It was still, um, they did like you know how you have the three cups with something underneath the three cups, <laughs> and so they oh, could. How yeah. funny. They never knew what they were going to get, so they would. So I was like, "Ha!" to you guys, but um, for those who want to do a little bit extra, this looks like it's going to be fun. I can see a lot of young people wanting to play this. This starts when August first. August first, yeah. So just in a couple of Fridays. Very cool. Yeah, I, I, these games are all well and good, but hey, hey, Disneyland, how about building a new attraction? <laughs> <laughs> like over in Tomorrowland, maybe, Michael? Yes, I have some prime spots <laughs> I can suggest. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you, Mary Jo. I will go next. Mine is brief. Um, the Carrollwood Foundation of Walt's Barn announced today, which is Sunday, that they will be restoring and exhibiting the last remaining Mayan train from Nature's Wonderland, which is Yay. very, very cool. It's nice to see more more things going out to the, the barn there in in Griffith Park. It is. Yeah, that was one of my favorite attractions when I was a boy. I'm, I'm glad they'll have something. So is this the one over that's there. over where you can that you can see from from the Mark Twain? Yeah, remember it used to be over in Big Thunder Mountain. Is it gone? I think yep. That's the one. It's gone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Nancy. Okay. This is going to be surprising coming from me, but it's time for the Universal Studios Hollywood Halloween Horror Nights announcement. Oh, yeah. So we talked about Mickey's um, Halloween party last time. So now, woohoo. Yay. Um, Not that I'm going, but uh, September 19th looks like the start of Halloween Horror Nights. They're going to be capitalizing on a couple of their big universal hits. Um, One of them is something I've actually seen on the Sci-Fi Network, which is Face Off. Have any of you guys ever seen that show? It's basically a competition show for Hollywood makeup artists. I've seen and Sharknado. <laughs> there you Is go. Sharknado going to be there? Ah, uh, good question. 
I'll look right into that. Sharknado's not it's one in person, the Jaws but attraction. I just like the idea. Just, yeah, the Jaws the attraction that they should have gotten rid of. Oh, did I say that? Um, <laughs> no, it should be changed to Sharknado. Anyway, you need to th- see it. They're going to be capitalizing on. They're going to be capitalizing on Face Off, which has caused some people to come up with some really cre- ghoulishly creative ideas. They're going to be bringing like twenty some odd of the those unique and interesting characters um, to life. And giving them some of their own mazes. Um, so that should be interesting. They're going to be taking from all six of the show's seasons um, to do that. So that should be pretty interesting. They're also going to combine that with... Um, I don't know if you guys know what Electro House music is. But there's, uh, a gen- there's an artist named Figure who does... Electro House is like dance you know nightclub dance type beat music and he's gonna come up with some electronic dance music to mix in with all these characters so that's one announcement about it another um the second one they're going to capitalize of course on the walking dead and they're going to bring back um the walking dead maze and it will what did they say they will uh place guests uh, on a journey to seek sanctuary at Terminus, which is a, an elusive destination that provi- promises community for all. Whatever that means, because I don't watch Walking Dead. Oh, My man. husband does. Anyway, so the whole place is, um, you know, obviously overrun by walkers, and you've got to flee the prison and survival and all that stuff like that. They're also going to go to another one of their universal networks on the El Rey network for From Dusk Till Dawn. And um, filmmaker Robert Rodriguez is credited with this TV series. And so it's going to have its debut in a maze. They're going to encounter mythological creatures known as Culebras, serpent-like vampires. Um and they reside in a nightclub called the Twister, located just over the Mexican border above cursed ancient ruins. So you can enjoy that one. Um, so if you're a fan of this series, or I don't know if it's on Netflix, but apparently there's all kinds of Mesoamerican mythology um, mixed in with that one. Another interesting one is called Mask Arrayed. M-A-S-K-A-R-A-I-D, French Street. And it is going to be sort of a bloody Marie Antoinette kind of theme, it looks like. Um, So, based on a horde of bloodthirsty cannibals masquerading as French aristocrats. That sounds like so much fun. (laughs) This one was based on an online voting competition. So... Um, that was all chosen by voters for that theme. So that should be a fan favorite. Um, and it's going to be on the front street area and should be interesting. Um, and as of right now, they are building, starting building work on the mazes. So you can see them from some areas of the park. And on the, on the backstage tram tour, you can see where some of these are getting built. Um, they start early. It's barely July. They do. 
Well, you know, there's a lot of work to those things. Yeah. You know, as disgusting and icky as I think they are, because <laughs> I tend to hit things when they jump out at me. Um, so that's not a good reason for me to go. Or that's a good reason for me not to go, I should say. Um, yeah, and your husband needs to watch out with that. <laughs> I've lived with him Thanks. for 15 years. I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that one. We'll just leave it at that. But the, the but maybe you're the, maybe the hitting things when things jump out is kind of the do the the way things Talk roll. Yourself. Talk yourself into a corner there. Do we know when tickets go on sale? I'll get into it. Let's get into it. They have not announced. No problem. (laughs) According to their Facebook page, they have not announced anything um, as far as tickets goes. But I do want to share that there's a Starbucks now open on the lower lot. And also, construction on Harry Potter seems to be moving into the concrete and rock stage. So. We got some excitement they're, going on. They're, they're not of- doing the scariest television show of all, though. Here comes Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. Well, you know, I'm not sure they own that Did one, I ever actually. Tell you guys That's I Lifetime Networks. Have I told you guys that I have seen her in person? Have you really? Oh, gosh. Yes. Okay. So, you know, I do this. I do side work for Discovery Education. Right. Their education part. But we had to go to the headquarters and they're like, Honey Boo Boo was doing like a press thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't even know who this person is, even though you see pictures up all over the, you know, place. And so, yeah, I, I was able to take a picture of, of Honey Boo Boo. I was like, really? Did you take a selfie with, with, did a, take a selfie with, with Honey a Boo Boo? master's degree helping teachers learn how to use technology yeah. in their was, classrooms. Was she, was she your poster she, child? Don't let this happen to you. Hire I'd me. Li- I, well, I'd like to, but, you know, there's bosses there. I can't say that. But that's what I was thinking. So, yeah, there's my brush with. I'm not going to call it fame. My brush was someone that other people know. You've had <laughs> yeah, more than one boo-boo. of those, haven't you? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't hang out with Andrew Sutton, so <laughs> maybe not. But um, hey, man, yeah. I've tripped over Emmanuel Lewis in my lifetime. <laughs> Lots of people wow, have tripped send over Emmanuel Lewis. Emails to you, tripping over—that's wrong. Oh my gosh, you're sizes. <laughs> All right, thank you, Nancy Tony. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm typing a letter to Emmanuel Lewis right now. I <laughs> <laughs> sure could get it. Yes, man. Love you too. Do you guys ever? Oh, I got now. I've got I've got Webster episodes rolling through my head right now. So I'm a little very, bit, very special Webster. Yes, there was one. I have to say it. It's totally unrelated. There's one where he made a free throw. Then like that was the end of the show. Like he one day he's going to make a free throw, and he made a free throw. Anybody I still have a hard time with that. Make a free throw. But for Webster, it was like the music and and then he made the free throw and it's like everybody's happy. And anyways, if you'd like to know more about Webster, you can email me at Tony at WDWinfo.com. Okay. So, uh, sorry, Nancy. I'm a I love you too. <laughs> this has nothing to do with love. This is just me talking about Webster. Because I love Emmanuel Lewis. Anyways. Do you have a reference? Oh, anyway, do the MC Hammer dance. Any, it's really pretty any, awesome. Yeah. Anyway, not anyways. Anyway, we've been wanting to do this one for a while, and I keep forgetting, and I finally remember the Discovery Science Cube, which is literally oh, yeah. five minutes down the freeway um, from Disneyland. An awesome place ha- to go. 
yes, has a Mythbusters exhibit from <gasps> now until September 7th. I forgot about that. I know, and I pass. So now, because uh, I've moved, I pass by it every day. I'm like, I gotta remember this. I gotta remember this. So, it's from now until September 7th. And what it does include, one thing I do need to say is that it's an additional price. So, you have to buy an extra $5 ticket to go to it. Right. But... That's pretty normal, though, for almost every science museum special exhibit. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The okay, Science so Center has... of Los Angeles is the same way. Yeah, the Pompeii exhibit okay. there, you have to pay extra for, etc. Now, yes, I do have a financial relationship. I'm an independent contractor for Discovery Communications, but I do not make any extra money if the Mythbusters thing goes close. Get it gets success. Mythbusters so is awesome. Who doesn't love Myth Mythbusters? What's okay, the theme so of the exhibit? Here's what you can do. You've got um it's called the Explosive Exhibition. Cool. They love blowing things up. Okay, so um can you huff puff and blow a house in? Does toast always tend to land butterside down? Does running in the rain get you less Wet than walking through it. Can you really make a canoe out of duct tape? Spend a day as a Mythbuster to uncover the truth behind the myths for yourself. And while you're at it, watch live demonstrations put on by DSC's Mythbusting facilitators and peruse props and gadgets from the show. And then um, they also have with included this air cannons, blast shields, and duct tape required. Yay! It comes, um, let's see, real remnants from experiments on the show, along with many interactive opportunities for guests to engage in a little hands-on fun. And then everyone can bust a myth. Sometimes we're having so much fun, we forget all this myth busting is actually science. Follow your curiosity this summer for a chance to put the scientific method to work, busting myths like change like a superhero, tablecloth chaos, running in the rain, cliffhanger, and so many more. So, there's a dozen hands-on experiments that will get your heart and mind racing. Watch live demonstrations and explore the props. And it's an extra $5 if you're a member um, it says non-members are $10, but if you buy them online, they're $5. So it's $5 in addition to general admission. And that's literally only a five-minute freeway. It's like the next couple, like two exits down the road. That's awesome. So that's at the Discovery Science Center, and I know Tom will put a link in the yeah, show. Yeah, I definitely will. i got to take Wes down there because he loves Mythbusters. So. Oh, man, those guys are great. Yeah. What's so, the name of their crash test dummy? I don't know. The one has a name, and it's really hysterical. Webster. Webster. <laughs> no, it's not Webster. No. I'm going to... Uh, I'll spend the next five Tom minutes thinking of it. <laughs> All right, thank you, Tony. Time for our Thread of the Week, Mary Jo. This one isn't an official one, but I had to read it. It's a small world danger, what to do. <laughs> Did you guys read this one? This one made me laugh. I glanced no. at it, yeah. Three no. years ago, when I last visited Disneyland, I went on It's a Small World the first day, and I literally couldn't get that song out of my head the entire week I was there. I like the ride, and I want my kids to see it as well, but I'm worried about that song. Any strategies or techniques to be able to enjoy the ride without <laughs> risking going crazy with the song in my head afterwards? Is this somewhat normal, or do I have issues? Anyway, this was they by Yo-Yo42. Yep. But <laughs> he has issues. I thought it was very funny, and there's some um, people who... Took That's that awesome. post seriously and, and responded. So you might want to look in our boards for that one. But the serious one is by Disney Go-Getter. And it's called um, Dehydration and Standing Waiting for Rides and Characters. And the reason why I picked this is because even though July has been pretty mild, although a bit humid, we're going to be having some pretty hot months coming up. And especially with the drought and everything that we're having in Southern California, I thought that this might be something we could 
um, give some hints on for our own experiences. So Disney Go-Getter puts, and Disney Go-Getter is from Glendora, excuse me, Glendale, California. Yep, up in my neck of the woods. Yep. I'm a bit worried about suffering from dehydration while standing under the sun waiting to meet a character or while waiting for a ride. I don't want to faint. So what can I do? I was thinking of drinking water, of course, and using an umbrella, perhaps, but what else is there? So I wanted to go around California virtually and ask all of you, what do you do to um, keep yourselves kind of cool on these hot days? So I'm going to go ahead with start with uh, Tony. Maybe I won't. Sorry, I was so, so hot. No, you will. Sorry, I was so hot that I was, I was, I was cooling myself off. Were you? And, well, yeah, I mean, I wasn't wearing clothes, but you can't do that at Disneyland. So that's not going to be a suggestion that you can well, do. Well, thank so, you for saving the people um, of Disneyland, Tony. Yeah, don't. That's, that's a, a strategy you cannot do. Well, you can once. <laughs> It'll be done. And let's um, just go on from there. Um, yeah, I hate to say drink wa- water. Um, I don't, I don't do the whole wicking shirts thing. I'd say hit air conditioning. Like really, there's not, and also, you know what I hate to say? It's not Florida. It doesn't ever get that bad. It does though. I mean, even though it's a dry heat, mm. when that sun's beating down. It sucks down, it out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, okay. Then let's, okay. Then let me rethink now that I have my clothes are <laughs> back on. Um, even though it's not. I think I think having lunch or um, dinner at the heat. I mean, having a meals when it's really hot, so that you're in air. Not because that sounds disgusting, but in an air conditioned place. So making sure that you make reservations. This is more of my Florida strategy, but I would use it for people that are worried about the heat. There is making sure that you um, you know you have strategically planned out air conditioned times for breaks because when you're going commando in the park. It'll get hot, and then I thought you, you said you were wearing your clothes, Tony. Well, commando, yeah, the other version of commando, multiple <laughs> meaning words. Yes, not that. Co- well, no, I'm not wearing those. Everything else, anyways. Um, so when you're going commando in the park, the idea of actually scheduling in times for rest so that you can handle the heat. And when I say rest, as much as Michael wants it to be bulldozed, interventions very well air conditioned. You can find a place to kind of hang out. So using um, the rides that aren't really rides or the attractions that you can utilize the air conditioning. That would be my fully clothed suggestion. Very nice. Thank you. What about you, Nancy? Okay. I've got a couple things. My go-to thing to take into the park nowadays, um, along with just having water along, is um, those little uh, Mio water droplets actually come in a fitness version which have electrolytes so it's like turning any water into gatorade or powerade that's actually really good and so you can take this little tiny vial that's no bigger than the size of a tic-tac case um and pop it into your bag what's it called again and the um mio m-i-o okay and I mean, I'm sure Dasani water is probably good. Dasani makes water drops as well as um, several other. Um, I think there might even be a Gatorade or a Powerade water drop. Um, I haven't seen them, but that doesn't mean anything. I personally like the Mio grape and the Mio orange. Um, 
But my other thing to take along is a collapsible, you can roll them up, plastic water bottle. I've heard of those. I haven't seen them. Okay. They're great. I got them at CVS for like $2.50. They're cheap. They pack easy. And they, you can fill them up anywhere um, with water and put a few drops of the electrolyte in. That way you've always got your electrolytes. Um, I agree with, totally agree with Tony's strategy of taking indoor time. For, you know, find an air conditioning attraction, like every two or three attractions, throw it into the air conditioning. Um, or, you know, even a lot of the rides in Fantasyland, your queue may be outside, but that little burst of air conditioning in the meantime will get you, you know, a wonder. Even Buzz Lightyear is long enough to get a good air conditioning break. Or even go and do the disability experience of Sleeping Beauty Castle. And that room is air conditioned. That's nice. Um, shopping too, air conditioned. So those would be my little ways to do it. I know that's how we handled Florida when we were down there because it is such a different kind. That is such a different kind of heat than our heat. But I get it really sucked out bad on me. I have to do the water and the electrolytes all the time when we go to the parks, especially when it gets to July and August. Okay, a couple of really good suggestions. Thank you, guys. What about you, Michael? Um, I do a lot of what, uh, you know, Tony and Nancy have said, you know, I tend to stay away from the sodas and will drink, uh, you know, water so that I don't, you know, get, you know, because the, oh, what is, what is it? Soda is also a diuretic. So I yeah. try to stay away oh, from yeah. that. And then, and then I, I'll, that's sort of in the heat of the day, you know, we'll schedule shows like trying to see Aladdin or, um, you know, because that's an air conditioning or great moments with Mr. Lincoln or Mickey and the Magical Map when it's working. And, um, or even some of the longer attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean. That's a lovely, cool 20 minute ride yep. mm-hmm. or, or the Haunted Mansion. And, and, and if we're with our granddaughter, you know, we'll schedule nap a little later in the afternoon when it's hot, maybe around two o'clock, go back to the room and, you know, enjoy the air conditioning of the room maybe then schedule some pool time to cool off and then head back to the park when it's a little cooler that's one of the things about disneyland's extended hours you can you actually have time to do that and still see a lot of the park exactly yeah Yeah, you can you can enjoy it in the morning take a break at the heat of the day and then still have many many hours in the evening cool um to enjoy see everything you want to see thank you what about you tom what do you do uh, throw on a hat. That's one thing you guys haven't mentioned yet. I always have baseball oh, cap, idea. and that just keeps keeps the sun out of your face, keeps the heat off your head. I was standing this last week for the for the fifty ninth thing, and it was ten o'clock in the morning, overcast, beautiful. Then all of a sudden, the clouds cleared, and that sun started beating down. I'm like, uh oh, okay, so I got to put my hat on. And that that makes all the difference. I mean, just keeps keeps that sun out of your off your head and out of your eyes. A light colored hat. Can I throw on a fact? The light colored hat will do more for you that direction too. That's a good because a dark hat will absorb the heat. That's another um, really good. That was I was going to say the same thing as Tom about the hat. I've participated in a couple of um, adventure games at Disneyland all day and. I've done that over the year several times and twice I didn't prepare myself and I kind of one time I think I got heat stroke 
because I got really lightheaded and I ended up with a huge headache. And then another time too, I kind of got lightheaded. So I learned to um, feel myself for one thing and then to drink water like you guys said. And also I wear a hat now on hot days because even if I don't, if I drink water, etc., and I don't have a hat on, the next day I end up with a headache just from the sun beating on my head all day. So I think that's a really good um, good advice from all of you guys. So thank you. Um, going to the thread itself, a lot of people are saying to drink water. And also um, CM Peter says to stay cold. She, she carries a little fan. So she has a link in the thread to a fan from Coleman that she paid $5 for and she wears it around her neck and it keeps her cool. So I thought that was a, another good example. And then let me see where the Keels says to wear sunscreen and put big sunglasses on to protect the eyes. That'll also keep you cool. And they use mineral water spray and they say the mineral water keeps, keeps them cool. And Tarhilalum says, Drink a lot of water the day before you go to Disneyland, which I had never heard before. But they said hydrate your body fully the day before, and that's going to help you kind of keep cool or at least be able to withstand the heat while you're standing in those lines. What you know? is it they always say? If, if you're thirsty, it's already too late. Yeah, that's an yeah, excellent. Something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. That's an excellent. And, you know, especially for guests who are used to going to Walt Disney World and are new to Disneyland Resort, the diff- one of the differences is that most of our queues are outdoors. And some of them have shade, but a lot of them don't have shade. And um, depending on, if, if you, especially if you go on a busy day and you're outside the normal queue. Um, there are a few exceptions to that. If you want to stand in the shade, go stand in Indiana Jones with no fast pass. Plenty of shade in there. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to... Sure, it's a great queue for that. Yeah, it's a great, but if you want to enjoy yourself, I think the shows, like the guy said, uh, it's a... Great time for um, Adventures with Mr. Lincoln, I think, and Aladdin over in California Adventure. So the Adventures with Mr. Lincoln? Oh. What does he do? <laughs> great moments with Mr. Lincoln. It's an adventure <laughs> sitting watching it. <laughs> it's a Van Halen adventure to stay awake watching. I'm thinking of that I'm thinking of that really fun interactive event that's coming up. <laughs> so then the name of the thread again is Dehydration and Standing, Waiting for Rising Characters. By Disney Go Getter. We're going to have a link to the thread in the show notes. Please um, feel free to read some of the uh, suggestions or add your own if you haven't heard one that we had here on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Mary Jo. Uh, no, we're not done. Okay. <laughs> okay. What about? I thought that quite the thread we were going to discuss. What song? Which song gets stuck in your head? <laughs> like what other songs? Like seriously? Well, it's true. What I could tell you, okay. mine. It's the ice. I haven't even been on this ride in years, but I still get the, and I'm horrible musically. Do 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 do. Like I can't get that. Like I like Green Acres. I will ran. Yeah, thank you. I know I'm horrible. I'm. I do not have musical talent. My son could probably play guitar and do it perfectly, but that's supposed to be the teacups, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. I had that off the bat. Yeah, and I get the. Thank you. I thank you because you have. I My thought he was doing Green Acres. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? I love the Green Acres ride in Tomorrowland. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it was a trick. Disneyland ride. Okay, I'm saying I have horrible musical ta- talent. But what? I, anyways, I can have that song in my head 
after not being at Disneyland for a month at Costco. And all of a sudden, it'll be in my head. And you're wondering, how so the heck did this song get in my, in my mind, right? When, when you and I, yeah. About that. So I want to know. There's got to be some other stuff. So I'm, take, I'm hijacking this thread of the week. There's got to be somebody else who has a, a Disneyland song that or California Adventures always gets stuck in their head. Other than... Oh, mine that. is the Tiki Room. That'll pop in my mind and I start, yeah, see? I start singing the Tiki Pirates. Room. Um, Who doesn't sing Yo Ho Yo Ho? Yep. I I I tend to get the the Main Street loop stuck in my head. I was just me too, especially the ones from Hello Dolly. <laughs> hey, pick a little talk a little always gets uh, mm-hmm. stuck in my head. So there we go. Yep. See, we did a double thread. Of the <laughs> we <week>. did. <laughs> okay. We had we had well, thank two you relevant. For not, yeah, and I was afraid I would have an issue if I was the only one with the songs. <laughs> no, all of us get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, thank you, Tony. Thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, everyone. Just a reminder, as I said, next week and the week after, we will have some special shows for you. But we also have our regular regular scheduled segments. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. We'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.